This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi folks, I'm Kieran Maguire from the Price of Football podcast. You're listening to Every Step along the way and enjoy every second of it. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Every Step Along the Way podcast. Dan is uh, basically on his way back from rainy Wales. Uh, but don't worry, as always, you can rely on me to lead the way. And of course, is the ever-present, uh, well, becoming ever-present anyway, uh, I like to call him Mr. Graphics. It's uh, Tom Cooper himself. How's things, Tom? You okay? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, on on my way to Paris in a few hours. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to the holiday. It's been um, a long time since a proper break. First break away with uh, the wife and, and and son for a long time. In fact, actually, probably ever abroad. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I mean, I said I made a comment to you on earlier on the week, and we were, we were talking about this pod, Tom. I was saying I'm not quite sure what we're going to talk about this week. Um, yeah, that's kind of changed a little bit in the last few days. Would you say? Oh yeah, it's uh it's been a busy few days. I feel like everything died down a bit, and then out of nowhere, there's names flying left, right, and centre. We've got signings. We've got a bit of drama. <laughs> it's never ending this week. No, oh yeah, the drama will definitely be coming back uh, to that one. But uh, I thought we can rein this back right until, well, I guess the weekend just gone. Uh, let's start off with a, a game that obviously took place, obviously Levante. Um, it was a 1-1 draw, obviously Tyrese Campbell yet again getting on the score sheet. Um, I mean, did you get to see much of the game, Tom, or did you see all of it? Yeah, so I didn't get to watch it live, unfortunately. I was uh, taking my little boy swimming. Um but yeah, I've, I've watched the highlights. Um, I watched back the live stream a bit. I didn't watch it all. Um, but yeah, I feel like it was the same as what we saw in Notts County, to be fair. I think the first half was, yeah. you know, you could tell they're just out there warming the legs up and obviously getting back into it. Um, and then the second half was a bit, as soon as the under-21s came on, it died down a bit. But um, yeah, I think there's positivities there, especially from Campbell as well. Four goals in two games, friendly or not, that's going to do his confidence a world of good uh yeah i'd have to i'd have to agree with you where to be honest tom i thought 
again, very much Notts County all over. And I guess it was always going to be the case. You know, when you you're swapping out, you know, youngsters and you're making seven, eight substitutions in one go, it's always going to be disjointed. Even if you had a team full of you know first teamers and a strong bench, you know, you you, you go and swap out that many people, it's going to happen. Um, first half, yeah, I thought, you know, we we had. We had a lot of possession. Uh, I think we had a lot of the more attacking play. I don't even now. I'm not sure if you if you found or figured it out really, but the disallowed goal. I was a little bit confused. Some were saying that the linesman flagged for offside. Some were saying that the ref called for a foul. From what I can gather, the only person who seems to actually know is the referee himself. I mean, did, did you manage to figure out what exactly the goal was disallowed for? Yeah, I'm same boat. To be fair, I, I had no clue at all. Um, the only thing I could have said is either some pushing and shoving going on that wasn't on the camera, or the ball came out of play and then came back in. Uh, but it didn't seem like that happened. But yeah, do I think at half time as well? I think pretty much every Stoke player ran to the ref as if to say, Are "You gonna, are you gonna elaborate on what happened there?" Yeah, and and that's that's what makes me think. I think your comment about did it go out of play. Maybe that would make sense because if people have seen the linesman flag, maybe it had come out of play and then come back into play, and that's what he was flagging for, as opposed to maybe flagging for, you know, offsides or or free kicks. So that's actually a good point. I didn't um, didn't really think about that one, but e- either way, I mean, it's still a good finish from uh, from Wilmot. He's he's got a bit of a, a habit, I think, in in the opposition's box, just popping in either with a header or or something along those lines. And let's bloody hope he can do it again this season. What what I have interest? What did you make of Tom Edwards? I mean, I, I mean, you you know, we spoke about Tom Edwards last week, and I was saying that I, I'm I like Tom. I, I think he's got potential to still be a, a focal point for us this season. Obviously, saw him against Notts County. He said he was a bit unlucky, and I think that was fair. Um, but for me, Tom Edwards again, actually, unfortunately, was off the pace. wasn't particularly impressive. Um, I might. I don't know if I'm being a bit harsh here. He's not exactly played tons and tons recently, but I just think he's got a, a real tall order to stake a claim for me. I mean, did you manage to see much of Tom? Yeah, I, d- I did notice myself, to be fair, and I think I put in the uh, Facebook chat that he, seems, he seemed a bit sluggish. Um, uh, it doesn't help that he come out with a comment in regards to being the fittest he's ever been. Um <laughs> if, I, th- I think if he is the fittest he's ever been, I think he might just be the sharpness. Um, he, he obviously hasn't played for a while. I know he's been out on loan, but I think Alex Neal is now playing a really high pace, high tempo, lots of running, um, and there's no room for mistakes, essentially. But yeah, I, I do agree. I think he's got potential. I think if the attitude problem wasn't there previously, he'd probably be our number one right back at the minute. Um, but the attitude, obviously led to him going out on loan and he's he's in a bit of a, a weird one at the minute. He had some good reviews from his time in America, from what I remember. I mean, I know he, he enjoyed it himself. Well, you know, one of my uh, friends at work was uh, as friends with Tom and I know that Tom really enjoyed his time out there and, you know, he was Apparently, you know, some of the, as you said, you know, some of the fittest he's he's been for some time. Uh, he's playing defensive midfield a lot. Uh, you know, again, he was really Mr. Versatile. And I know American uh, kind of, you know, soccer, as they call it, or American football, but let's be honest, um, is is a different ball game. But I was kind of hoping that we're going to get Tom coming back and and finding his place. And I guess that's a big thing as well for Tom. You know, is he is he still a right back? It, it, you know, is he more of a defensive midfielder? 
who knows? Maybe Tom doesn't know. And again, I think that's probably part of the problem with a, a versatile player is you end up becoming, you know, jack of all trades and a master of none. I think that's that's a potential concern for Tom. But um, I'm not ruling him out yet. You know, he's got he's still only played a couple of games for us since coming back. So, um, yeah, I just think it was a shame he couldn't really grasp the uh, the opportunity a little bit. Um, another one that kind of surprised me, actually, uh, Ender Stevens. Obviously, he came in for Emre, who seemed to pull up in the warm-up. Um, have you seen anything about Emre's injury? I thought he was meant to have a, a scan on Monday, but I can't say I've seen any updates on that. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen anything further myself, to be fair. Um, by the looks of it, it was more of a, a safety rather than mm. an actual issue. Um, but yeah, nothing's come back, but... With his performance against Notts County, um, I hope it's nothing serious because I could I could see him having a lot more involvement this season because he looks really really good against Notts County. It would have been a real shame because I think he's obviously going into that game thinking, okay, I've had I've done really well last match. If I can do well again, I'm going to be very much in in the manager's eye line. The 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 one thing that he doesn't want to do is for Stoke to go and sign a striker or two, you know, Jiao or whoever, um, and then find himself in a position where he he then hasn't got the opportunity to impress. So a real unfortunate injury, but as you say, hopefully one that he can come back for the the Derby game or the Burton game because I I think every Stoke fan wants to see a young lad do well. He's got so much potential. I know that Newcastle United will looking at him as long as along with the other uh young chap as well low um and i know a few other teams and i think galatasaray were, were after him so you don't get those teams looking at you if you're absolutely useless so um let's see how that one goes but yeah ender stevens i think he came in for me and had, had a really decent game you know he put himself about tried to get forward at times um didn't make any mistakes i mean again for a player who i think that was his first game for stoke actually if i'm not mistaken um and yeah i don't think there was a foot put wrong really so uh can't really ask for too much more in his first game yeah i think i think that he's he's one of them players and i think that's why he's been brought to the club in all honesty and i think that's why a few of these players we've been linked with are coming to the club um it's that reliability like i say he's, he's not flashy he's not gonna blow you away with skills he's he's you know he's a hard worker he makes the right decisions um and yeah it's, it's nice to see someone who can actually pass the ball without sounding too negative <laughs> um as soon as he's under pressure you know he, he looks for the simple pass gets rid of it it's it's not one of these try to take two on and you know get it in behind if if he's under pressure he'll knock it back and that's what you need you need a base of players that can be reliable who are smart who you know can do the basics and then you build on that yeah, no, for sure. And I'm interested to see where he plays because I know people have talked about him being a centre-back, left wing-back, left-back again. We'll have to see. We'll have to see where his, his best position is. Um, I mean, talking down the left-hand side, you know, Josh Timon was um, not great again, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I, again, I'm a huge fan of Josh. Uh, I think he, he had a really good time. When he was in the team consistently, he was... He was looking brilliant. I mean, obviously, Rangers were looking at him. So, again, you know, it showed he was in a good vein of form. Um, I think, like most players, they come back and they really take time to recover from injury. Tyrese really struggled in that first 12 months. When we had Tyrese on the podcast, he was, you know, I think his doctor had said to him that that first kind of 12 months is about fitness and 
and getting you back. Don't expect to come back the player you were before. So um, I really hope we don't give up on Josh. I think he's definitely got a future at the club. Um, it comes in for a lot of stick, does Josh? And I'm not quite sure um, why. I mean, I'm not saying he's a, he's a world beater by any stretch, but I really do like timing. So we'll see how he gets on. Um, and I know we talked about, you know, this, the, the kind of second half being a bit of a damp squib, basically. Again, the young players, none of them, again, impressing me, if I'm honest with you. I mean, yeah, we had that first part of the game where Tyrese gone and got obviously equalised, and that curler was incredible from Tyrese. How the goalkeeper kept that out, I'll never know. Um, but did any particular young players stand out for you? And I, I'm always conscious that I feel... I can be too harsh on the young players, to be honest. But when I look at a team and I look at our team, I'm thinking, who's going to break through? Who's going to challenge X, Y, and Z? And I'm really struggling to see anyone who's going to challenge at all. Um, there was a couple. I mean, nothing like you say, nothing blew me away. Um, I think the uh, Akagbu looks like a, a decent player. Um, I think he could turn into something good. Um I think it's his confidence more than anything. A lot of players mm. look like Bambi on ice when they're under pressure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought he looked pretty good. And then Makari again. I think Makari, if we do get a right back in and we don't get a back up, at the minute for me, Makari is ahead of Edwards. I think he's younger and he just he just seems like he's really on it this season. Yeah, well, he had a couple of chances, didn't he, last year, and I think he looks a little bit out of depth. But it, but again, it takes time. It's going to take time for any player from any lower division or lower technical, you know, lower, you know, caliber, shall we say, uh, to to make his mark. So yeah, again, not someone to rule out. I actually saying that I thought Sparrow looked um, good again. Once again, point himself about. He's not scared. He made a couple of loose passes, if I remember rightly, and uh, you know didn't go hiding. He still went to try and find them. Um, could have had a goal if he would have taken. Uh, I think one of the touches from I think it was Tyrese. Uh, it squared it, and he kind of fluffed his lines a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, we want to finish on the Levante game uh, really. But before before I do that, I wanted to get your thoughts as well on um, their goal and our calamity defending. Uh, is that miscommunication? Is that lack of concentration? I mean, again, it's a friendly. Let's let's make the mistakes now, not later. But uh, it was a bit of a. Um, I don't know. It was, it was a. It was a mess. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think they were still on holiday. To be honest with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it's just that rustiness. I think there was a bit of miscommunication. Um, it did give me a little bit of worry, though. <laughs> if anything, not to cement that we need the defenders. I think that was it. Um, but yeah, like like you say, it's a friendly. So it's nothing to worry about too much. Um, but yeah, I think a bit of miscommunication. Yeah, it was. Isn't it? I mean, in fairness to, uh, I'm trying to think, the two players, it was Thompson and Lorraine, wasn't it, who fell over yeah, each other from the rally. Yeah, so two defend well, not defensive midfielders, but you know Thompson again, in another player who's got a lot to prove this year, and he's going to be, um, he's going to really be fighting Ben Pearson and a couple of others for that position. So, uh, good, good luck to him. Um, anything else you want to kind of bring up from the game? I didn't think Bonham had too much to do. What he did, he did fine. I know there's a lot of attention on goalkeepers, um, so I think Bonham was fine. But is there anything else you want to pick out from this game? Um, no, not really. I think, like you, like I said earlier, I think he was just, you know, just warming up the legs, getting back into the strive things. Nothing really there to point out. It was a good forty-five minutes, and the rest of it with Maslow just got on the plane and got home, or started, <laughs> you know, sipping some sangria or something. 
Um, okay, great. Well, that's Levante done. Uh, now let's look at uh, the new signings. I mean, we waited forever to get anyone, and now we've got uh, two more people to talk to. So um, let's kind of start off again with uh, Michael Rose from from obviously, of course, signed from Coventry. Uh, plays a centre back. I think we originally bid seven hundred and fifty k for him in January. I bet Coventry are feeling a bit stupid now, uh, not taking that one. Um, but again, free signing um, makes complete sense. I think we came into this window, didn't we, Tom, thinking that you know we needed really three centre-backs, I'd, I'd say. I know we had Connor, Connor Taylor, but again, he's still trying to find his feet. Do you see Michael Rose as somebody who could maybe partner Ben Wilmot? Is he, is he maybe, I don't know, a backup player for maybe someone else, if we get Bayram in, for example? Um, I would say for what I know of him so far, I'd say he'd be backup. Um, I think I think a lot of that, to be fair, is from what the Cov fans have been saying on Twitter and stuff. Um, but you know, we went for him in January, and we were willing to pay a fee, so that gives me confidence. You know, I, I don't think Alex Neal has bought a single player in so far, apart from Selena, who you know doesn't really count, um, who who have been a bad signing really. Um, so he obviously likes what kind of player he is, so. It could be one of them where he comes in and, you know, exceeds expectations, so... Yeah, he's, he's a player from... For, again, obviously, we always try and do the research a little bit. I mean, the, the main strengths that I can see from him, I think you've done some uh, digging on his stats, which I'll let you run through, I think, in a sec. But yeah. um, I think, from what I've seen, it's mainly about possession play, like forward-thinking passing, you know, spreads the ball quite a lot. I guess, in some respects, a little bit like Ben Wilmot does. You know, he's again, he's comfortable on the ball by the sounds of things. Um, I mean, again, I mentioned, you know, the the stats side of things. Um, what did you manage to to kind of pull out it, from what we're hearing? He's he's still relatively experienced. Yeah. So, in the absence of Dan, the stats man, I have got <laughs> some stats in. Um, so yeah, last season he played twenty four games. Uh, started 18 of them. Um, of them, 24 games, he kept. Well, he was involved in keeping 10 clean sheets. Um, but in nice. the 14 other games, they conceded 25 goals. So <laughs> it's, like, it's one way or the other, it seems. But if you conceded in 25 goals in 14 games, I'd, I would have put it down to one man. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. To put all the blame on his shoulders sounds harsh. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, yeah, so he averages 44 passes a game, which puts him in the top 24% of centre-backs in the league for passes, and he does a 76% pass success. So, yeah, I think what you said is, uh, you know, bang on, he's, he's one of them who will pick out a pass, he's good with his feet, um, which obviously Alex has already made a point of wanting from his centre-halves. Good, so yeah, possession play. Again, being in the top of anything percentage in the league is good enough for me. So, um, interesting. All right, lovely. Well, um, obviously, we've got our own opinions on him. We haven't seen um, an awful lot of him firsthand. I think we saw him last season when we uh, we beat Coventry, obviously, at their place, if I remember rightly. Yeah, um, not, not the right memory. <laughs> no, no, not a great memory to, to try and cast back on. But uh, people have actually seen him a little bit more than us. So we caught up with our friends uh, from Coventry City, Glenn from the Sky Blues uh, TV podcast. Um, he's given us his first first-hand breakdown, and we'll also then follow up with some audio from Dan, uh, just to give us what he thinks of the deal. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my uh, holiday. 
You may hear the, uh, the seagulls and land bird which is where we've popped down to today, just along the coast. But yeah, it's been a good week, hasn't it, for Stoke? So I'm first going to hear off me tonight, I believe, is the sign of Michael Rose. Um, Coventry defender. We don't really know a lot about him, but you know what? Mark Robbins got has got some good stuff out of him. From what I believe, he's he's really suited in a five and also can play in a four, so that's good for us. You know, it, I see him as prob- probably an upgrade on him, say Morgan Fox playing centre half. If, if that's the case, he you know, bring you in, get him in the building. Um, quite happy, like I say, that he's here. Um, yeah, I was up. Is he a good age, good championship experience? And uh, yeah, I think he's got a good feeling. Hi, my name's Glenn. I'm part of the Scarlet Boost Fans TV podcast. Um, I've been asking my thoughts on new Stoke signing Michael Rose. Um, it's a bit of a hard one to judge on. Um, Rose signed for Cov in June 2019. We got him on a free transfer from Air United. Uh, he came in with a decent reputation, slotted into the team, um, did quite well, played in the played in the back four um, for us, and then we obviously then changed to a back three, and he really stood out, uh, chipped in with a few good goals for us, and was really highly rated. There was rumours of Championship clubs looking at him, um, and then he started having a bit of injury trouble. Um, and around when COVID hit, uh, he had problems with his back, kind of hamstring, um, which caused him basically to be really struggling fitness-wise um, going into the start of the championship season when we got promoted. Uh, he kind of in and out, could never string a run of games together. On his day, he was really, really good for us. Um, really popular with the fans, always helped out, did a lot of stuff for the family zone, donating stuff for their fundraising, um, but never really nailed down a place in the team. He, he always seemed to be the odd one out. Um, very similar this season. Uh, he kind of started at the start. Obviously, Dom Hyam left us, uh, and then he kind of had a run of games where we did quite well keeping clean sheets. Um, then Carl McFadstein got injured and I think we went on a run of one win in nine where we were leaking goals quite heavily. Um, his last game for Cov was the 4-0 defeat to Stoke, but we had two heavy defeats where we were 4-2 down, we lost 4-2 to Norwich and also conceded four goals at home to Wrexham. At one point we were 4-1 down and Rose played in both of them games and I, I think he kind of just got the full guy on it. Um, definitely if he got fit and got a win of games, he's good in the air, he'll chip in with a few goals for you. Um, he was highly rated, he's another who they were talking about Premier League clubs potentially looking at him I know he was on verge of Scotland um, because I remember when we went to Southampton away where he played really well in the middle of the back three um, Alex McLeish's brother was there scouting him um, so yeah I think kind of the reason that he left Cov was there was kind of a bit of a disagreement with uh, him and Mark Robbins that he kind of felt that we was offered a new deal as a bit of an afterthought and we give preference to three loan players ahead of Michael Rose so I think the right was on the wall um, in hindsight probably we should have took the three quarters of a million you offered as well than letting go on a three but um, I think on a free transfer two year deal if he gets himself fit I'm sure Alex Neil will get the best out of him and yeah we'll get a warm welcome from the Cov fans when he comes back to the CBS this season so overall 
good signing for what you paid for him for a transfer. But yeah, I don't think he'll be massively stand out, but he'll be a seven, seven and a half out of ten defender for you guys. So then, Tom, uh, we've obviously heard from Glenn and uh, and Dan. I mean, a few, a few things that I picked out, I'm not sure about yourself, but you know, you mentioned about some kind of injury records, which I think is a prerequisite for anyone we sign these days. You know, he's got to be, um, I don't know, one leg uh, or crocked or something to uh, to come and sign for us. Um <laughs> I mean, Dan clearly recording from the beach as well. I mean, hopefully a seagull nicked his chips or something. I don't know, but uh, or, or his sausage. Um, I'll say no more. <laughs> yeah, I th- for, for the Cov fans seem, you know, I don't think they're blown away by him. Um, but I think what he said at the end there, seven and a half out of ten. I mean, it's better what than what we have had. Like Dan said, um, it's an upgrade on Morgan Fox. So, you know, if, if you're getting better plays than you had the season before, even if they're not, you know, going to blow you away, it's, it's still, you know, a step forward. We're not going to build a promotion side in a year. I mean, it could happen. We could do it. Um, but we have to be realistic. You know, we've been finished bottom half of the bottom half of the last, however many years. Um, if we can aim for that top half as a first step, um, I think players like him who, you know, like I say, aren't mind blowing, but you know, are consistent and give you decent performances. It's, it's always a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think as long as he, as you said, I, th- I think as long as he can stay fit, um, and you know, a- again, go from there. I think that's that's the main thing. We need backups because, well, we haven't got enough centre backs anyway right now. I'm sure that Alex will sort that out. But um, I've mentioned Connor Taylor again, another big fan of the young of the young lad, but um, he's still not proven himself. So. For me, yeah, I think it's a, a no-brain signing. The fact that, as you said, we were going to pay a fee for him and now he's free uh, is, um, again, again, no-brainer. Uh, he, he's good to have a backup, some some experience. Um, and then we put, before we move on to a certain uh, Daniel Johnson, uh, I just wanted to talk through a number of comments. We put a post out on the Twitter feed. It's had 15,500 views. So thanks to all 15,000 of you that have looked at that. But um, a couple of comments here. So Matt Bennett says, how bad can a free signing be, really? I'll let him impress me on the pitch and see how it goes. You can't ask for anything else. Um Nigel says, sadly, there's some saying not for me, even before he kicks a ball. Let's at least give him a few games before coming forward with comments. Fair enough. Here and Down says, proven at this level, was good in Coventry team uh, that, that were in the playoffs. Uh, Dave Johnson says, thoughts? I've never heard of him, <laughs> which is another one. I mean, there's more. I, could, I mean, there's there is loads and loads more. And Mark saying similar comments to us. Uh, so Mark SCFC, considering we offered 750k just a few months ago, it's got to be good business for a change. Um, and then uh, yeah, so uh, there's uh, first name, bunch of numbers. Was interesting comments on the article in their local paper. Sounds exactly what we need when we're at home, where we all have possession and we're struggling to break teams down. And that particular comment he's referring to in their paper was, if he can find a move to a good team that plays with fluid and possession-based style, giving him the licence to make advancements up the pitch or open play with his cross-field diag- diagonals, I think he could be a real asset. And there's some other comments. But um, I'd say that by and large, from all these comments, I'd say 95% of them are positive and the other 5% are, let's wait and see. Um, so, yeah, as signings go and feelings go, that'll do for me. 
Um, and I guess, like I said, we'll move on to uh, Daniel Johnson, which is probably the worst kept secret in football. This one, I think, <laughs> just honestly, like this has been going on for what feels like weeks. The, the truth probably is that this has actually been going on for months um, in the background. But I mean, we obviously knew this one was going to happen, didn't we, Tom? You know, we're not really. Um, wasn't really a surprise, was it? Yeah, it definitely wasn't a surprise, but it's nice to see it get over the line. He's one of them players. I mean, I know he's at 30 now. I've seen a, a couple of comments from um, the Preston fans saying his legs have gone a bit. Um, he's one of them players where every time we've played against him, he's looked immense. If he played like that every game, he would not be in the championship. Um, he must just have a thing for liking to beat Stoke or something. <laughs> Same with Ben Pearson as well, to be fair. Every time we played against him, he's been unreal. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a good signing again on a free. You know, if, you get, if you're bringing players like this in on a free, it's just going to free up that budget to spend elsewhere. And instead of, you know, spending, for example, 10 million over 10 players, you're spending 10 million over four, which, you know, brings you a few higher quality players in. He's going to play in that kind of number ten position, isn't he? The uh, the obviously small bone position basically is is kind of where Alex referred to. So again, a position that let's be honest, who else is going to play there? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that was with the system we were playing last year. I think the small bone position, as we call it, is the key. Um, whether Johnson will be up for it. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, we've got to f- get a player who can create like Smallbone did towards the end of the season in that position for the system to work. Um, however, on the flip side, you know, Alex Neal mentioned a few times that he wasn't, you know, how he usually plays. So maybe the system's going to change completely. We don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think he's a great signing. And a positive is I love seeing a Jamaican in the red and white. So can't complain. <laughs> Well, you know what? He, he reminds me, and I'm not sure if this is before your time, Tom, but he reminds me of Daryl Russell. Um, is it? Is he before your time, Daryl Russell? I think he played on my first game, I think. Did he? I think, yeah, we beat um, West Brom 4-1 at home. I think he got postponed the first time because something blew off the roof at the stadium, if I remember rightly. <laughs> Right, fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean, Daryl. I mean, partly for that for the hair. I mean, they both had you know dreadlocks and all and all that business. Um, but yeah, I think with the thing that I make the the kind of comparison of from what I've heard so far, he's going to be one of them players where you know he's not going to be the best talent on the pitch, but he will give one hundred and ten percent. And that was the same with Daryl Russell. He'll pop up with a few goals. You know, he can you know spread some balls into the strikers. You know, a good kind of provider at times, um, but he will run through brick walls. It seems to me like it's another Daryl Russell. And to be fair, he was taken to quite well. It was a pretty much a steady Eddie, reliable, um, and that'll do for me. People are going to run through a brick wall. We've got Pearson. We've got Johnson. We're building a team around us who potentially are going to play for the shirt, which is something that some players could probably be accused of not doing, um, to be very honest with you. And um, we've had, again, some some more comments coming in. So uh, Kieran Downs says, great addition to the squad. Uh, Paul's on the opposite end, actually. So Paul Nanji says, a bang average which is an interesting one. Um, so AJ, so Andy, Neil is getting in players that he trusts to build a good base. Uh, Matthew Pyers has another good solid signing. Uh, so, uh, sorry, another good solid signing squad starting to take shape. 
Um, we've got Dave says, absolutely a good transfer. Same as Ender Stevens. Knows the league very well. Solid performances in every season he's played in. Very, very sensible. What's happened to us? Are we back to being Stoke City again? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that's what pretty much I've just said, actually, about having a team that people can get behind and players that people can get behind. Um, so I think everyone is, again, bar Paul, quite positive. I don't think I've really seen many other negative comments, but I think partly of that, some of that might be the fact that we were begging for players for so long, we'll just take anybody at this point. I'm not quite sure which one it is, but um, yeah, I'm, pre- I'm I'm pretty sure it's about the, about the quality. Um, Tom, and your uh, mega sleuthing, as I said, uh, Mr. Mister Stato for this week, uh, what did you find out about Mr. Daniel Johnson? Yes, yeah, so Daniel Johnson, uh, 30 years of age. He's been at Preston since 2015. In that time, he's played 312 games and scored 53 goals. Um, going into last season, he played 34 games, 26 of which he started. Um, he averages just under two key passes per game, uh, which has put him in the top 8%, so he has got a bit of creativity in him. 77% dribble success rate, so, you know, he can run with the ball. Um, nice. And in his career, he has had 20 penalties, and he has only ever missed one. So we have a penalty taker, <laughs> finally. You, you say that. Um, <laughs> didn't, uh, what's his name, uh, bloody, well, we've had a couple, actually, over the years. Um, I guess Vokes was one of the latest ones, wasn't he, where he oh, yeah. not missed for ages. He yeah, come, I think he scored... Yeah, I think, wasn't it a first game? First penalty he took for us, he missed. <laughs> I think it was, yeah. I don't think oh. he... Uh, he maybe missed one, if not any. Um, and then, yeah, first penalty needs to miss. We just... Penalties aren't a thing at this club. No, and I think Lewis Baker's normally our penalty taker, and there's no guarantees he's going to be starting games. So um, we've then got a choice between probably him, uh, Tyrese Campbell, uh, and, yeah, Johnson. So... Okay, interesting on the penalty front. Okay, dokie. Um, so I think that's pretty much uh, done for Daniel Johnson. Happy with both of them signings overall then? Yeah, very happy. Uh, like I say, I think I think first things first, he's building a reliable squad and then the improvements will come after that. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, um, we talked about goalkeepers extremely briefly when we talk about Levante. Now, um, I think everyone who's listening to this would have fully expected Sarkic to uh, be paraded around with these two guys to make it a hat-trick. Um, so this sounded like it was all done. The personal terms were agreed. The transfer fee was agreed. It was all going to happen. Now, depending on whether you believe that the transfer failed because of medical reasons or personal terms, um, I guess it's kind of irrelevant, but I from what it seems to be the case is a bit of both. 
Uh, the fact that maybe there's something's come up on the, on the medical that maybe they didn't like. Stoke have gone back to agree new personal terms and obviously drop the probably the wage or whatever you know combination of wage and bonuses that may have been. Now, um, that deal obviously is very much dead in the water. Uh, again, there was some stuff in the papers and all that. But now, the point I want to make here is that I've said this online, but simply speaking, what... If Sarkic had been approached by any other club in this division or any club above us in, in, say, the Premier League or Luton or whoever it was, and let's say we'd offered Sarkic 15 grand a week, if that team had come back and offered him 20 grand a week, does anyone realistically think that Sarkic would have turned around to us and gone, uh, Luton want me, but don't you worry, I don't want an extra five grand a week. Don't you worry, I'll pay, I'll pay for 15 instead. Not a kind of house chance would he have done that. This is, for me, a business decision that we have decided to, to make. Maybe another player has come up that we wanted, ideally, or come out of the blue that we didn't think we could get, and we're using it as an excuse. This is business. It, it, it's nothing more than that. You know, People say, oh, we shouldn't do this to players. Why? Like we, We've been too nice as a club for many, many years, signing players that are, you know, three, four, five-year deals that, you know, wouldn't make it into most championship teams and then worry about why we're paying people too much and, you know, why have you signed him? Why have you signed him? This is a time where we've got to be more ruthless. We haven't got money to waste anymore. So if this is what we have to do, um, then so be it. And you know, it won't go down badly as far as Stoke are concerned. Any club and will probably know that this is just sometimes how it works. I'm sure it happens the other way around where we do get, you know, competition and we have to match salaries. If we think that person's worth it, I'm sure we would do it. So clearly we think we can get a equal or better player in for the same amount of money or maybe a little bit less. So, I mean, I guess before I come to you, Tom, I've kind of digest that rant. Um, but as you may have guessed, uh, Mr. Buxton has a lot to say um, on this one. So, uh, yeah, I guess what I want you to think about, Tom, during this audio, is this business or are we being harsh? Have we been too nice for too long? It's a bit of a strange one, seeing the Sarkic deal fall through. Uh, I fully thought that was all done. The only thing I can think, you know what, actually I'm quite... If Stoke have gone back on him, it's not a very nice thing to do to someone. It's not a very um, sportsman-like, if you like. But you know what? It shows me that this this team, this behind the scenes and all that, they're getting tough. And and we've said, haven't we, that maybe that's the reason why a lot of these players, you know, backroom members of staff maybe have moved on, a change in philosophy, a club, a change in, in how things are run. And in years gone by, when when we weren't you know, badgered by financial fair play, I remember Roy Dallat breaking his leg on his you know on loan at Stoke. Second game on loan, broke his leg. Ironically, against Sunderland, who his parent club, and we stuck by him and we said, you know what, we're still going to sign you, that you're broken leg, and we'll still we'll pay you wages, give you the deal we would have give you. If it was if that was the case now and there's no FFP, I'm certain that Stoke would have said you know to Sarkic. You know, we probably wouldn't even be looking at Sarkic if we had no financial fair play, let's be honest. But if we were, we'd say, you know what, lad, yeah, we'll sign you up still, we'll give you the deal, and then we'd probably go out and go back Travers as well. But we can't do that. We've got to be ruthless, and unfortunately, that means we're going to have to ruffle a few feathers and upset a few people, and that seems to be what we've done here. So you know what, it's a change, it's a massive change in how this club operates, 
I think we maybe we have been a bit too nice for a bit too long, um, and maybe to our own detriment. Um, but yes, financially we can't support them, so that's the case. Either he accepts a lower wage or a lower a lower fee and whatever, or we move on to somebody else. So, Tom, almost as if I'd listened to that before we uh, before we started <laughs> recording the podcast. Um, a very uh, nice segue, as Dan would call it. Um, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, it, there's a lot of lot of things to think about there. Have we been too nice? Have we been ruthless? Is this business, like I said, what's your take on this? Yeah, I'm on the same page. I think we've been nice for too long. Um, I think the troubles we've had with FFP over the last few years has really given the owners a wake-up call, as if to say, we're not doing this again, essentially. If we have to break a few hearts and upset a few people, so be it. This club is more important. Um, Going back to the Rory's lap thing, I think... You know, back then, football was a different place. You know, now you've got the agents involved. A player will drop a club at the drop of a hat. If if they don't want to play anymore, they won't turn up to training, you know. Um, Like you said, I think if it was the other way around and he had a better offer, he'd do it. Maybe we have found a better keeper, so we've done this. Um, But for me, I think you put two and two together. Um, You know, there was rumours about the medical being failed from sources inside the club. And then, obviously, he goes to the papers. So, for me, I think what's happened is we found something wrong with the medical, which you can imagine, considering the last two injuries he's had has been from throwing a ball and kicking a ball. So, he's obviously, you know, got something there that's wrong. I think we've offered a lower wage to be safe, as if to say, you know, we'll take a risk, but we're not risking the full whack. Um, And then, I think what's happened is either him or his agents has gone to the paper and said... This has happened just because, you know, he's now fourth choice at Wolves and no other clubs are in for him. So he's, he's got to make himself a move somewhere. Well, we can't really take a risk, can we, Tom? Let's let's be honest. I mean, we've, we've talked about goalkeepers. We've said that we've probably got the weakest goalkeeping unit that we've had for many, many years. We haven't got the luxury of having a Tommy Sorensen backed up with a Begovic. You know, we haven't got that luxury by a bloody long way. So... Yeah, as as we say, you know, if we signed Sarkic, we put our money and, and everything into into that situation, and we go and sign a striker or two strikers, midfielder, couple of wingers. All of a sudden, then our budget's really, really light, and we've spent all the money. We're going to end up then with someone who's even worse than Sarkic because we can't afford to buy anyone else. So it's it's absolutely the right thing to do. We found a cheaper option. We found a better option. Well, I'm sorry, Mister Sarkic, but. You know, you're not, you're nothing special. So we need to do what's best for this club for me, and we cannot afford to be taking the risk in goal in a key, key position. That's been a problem. We can't be affording to do that right now. So, by the sounds of it, all three of us seem to be on the same type of page, and hopefully, you know, many people listening will kind of understand and maybe agree, maybe disagree. I mean, if you disagree, please let us know. Uh, like, you know, we're <laughs> very much open to other opinions. Yeah, definitely. I think I think everyone, um, from what I've seen online, I think Travers is, for me anyway, I think he's a better choice anyway, so it could be that. Well, I was going to say, obviously, you know, one, one door closes and, and another one opens. I mean, I, I'd heard about Travers previously. I swear he had a really good, again, I'm really good off memory here, because didn't he get promoted um, with Bournemouth and he had a really good season when, when they went up, or if I, if I imagine that? Well, here comes Mr. Statsman again. Oh, he's at it again, is he? <laughs> I certainly am. 
Yeah, so um, in the season that they went up, so the 21-22 season, he did get promoted. He actually won Golden Glove for the most clean sheets. Nice. Um, he played 45 games. He has a 75% save percentage. He kept 20 oh, wow. clean sheets, so 44% of the games was a clean sheet. Last year, Stokes was 28, so obviously a bit of a, bit of a difference. Um, <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> and he was uh, also included in the club record for Bournemouth, where they went six away games in a row without conceding a goal. So he definitely was a big part of that team that went up. So what you just said there, I do not see a single negative reason um, why you wouldn't choose that. And clearly, proven at this level, knows what to expect, can deliver it, you know, at this level as well. Sarkic, in fairness to him, really, I mean, what did he have? Eight games for Stoke? I know his injury. I understand that. Yeah, but it was eight. Yeah. There you go. He's not even. He's not even proven over ten, twenty, thirty, forty games. Like, and also, I've got a problem with goalkeepers who punch when they don't need to punch. That's also another factor <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, there's there's nothing to say that you know Sarkic is is a Begovic level. Again, I mentioned Begovic just because he was a bloody good goalkeeper and he was he was available before going to QPR. Um, State wants to stay close to London uh, by the looks of it. But um, again, if Travers is the one that comes in, I think we've actually made the right decision. So. Let's keep an eye on that one, how that develops. You would hope that if Stoke have walked away from this deal, that we must be confident of getting Travers in, or at least somebody else is a backup. But you can't imagine as of of just making this decision with just Bonham and goal, uh, and really a realistic only only goalkeeper that's even going to be close to the first team squad. So um, no doubt, you know, you and Dan will be talking next week and. We've we've got a you know another goalkeeper in play and everyone's forgotten all about the name Sarkic, so uh, yeah, let's see how this one pans out. Um, and again, we were talking about rumours. We'll kind of um, not go on too long for this one. So we we haven't had many links to strikers uh, this season at all, um, and we're once again linked to a certain Mister Ross Stewart. Now, apparently Luton are after him, Southampton are after him, Millsborough are after him, and of course we are, uh, no doubt as well. Um, and now, I'd say you probably think that we're at the bottom of that list if you think about those teams. Um, I, w- I kind of wish we weren't, but I think we, we kind of are. The only thing that probably helps us with the types of Ross Stewart type transfer is obviously Alex Neal, for obvious reasons. Um, now, personally, I think he could be worth a shout but with a big asterisk of not until January, because obviously he's still injured, I think, or he's still recovering. I don't think he's going to be back until, well, until November, December time, if I, if I read rightly. Um, so I just looked at his stats, and I know you may have done your own stats, Mr. Stato, but um, I did look at some stats and looked at you know where he was. So if we look at the last kind of six, seven years, um, Eddie Thistle, so played 63, scored 54. Uh, this is great names here. Kill winning Rangers in 2015, 2016. He played 34, scored 27. Albion Rovers, 2016, 2017. He'd played 25 games, scored 12. He uh, didn't score at St. Mirren uh, in the 10 games there, but then he went to Alloa on loan where he played 19 and scored seven goals. And then we get into some more meeting numbers again. 2018 to 2021, Ross County played 63, 
scored 15, and then 2021 at Sunderland to the present, played 70, scored 36. Now, Tom, to me, that doesn't sound like a bad scoring history. What do you think to the whole Ross Stewart side of things? Is, is it someone that if we had to sign him now with the anticipation of maybe bringing him physically in in January, would you sign him or do you think he'd spend your money elsewhere? I think it all depends on the fee and whether we bring another striker in. Um, from the conversation we've just had, you know, not spending money on players who are going to be injured. If we then go and buy Stuart for this reported five million, we, you know, we're going to look a bit silly. Um, five million is that is that what's been flying around? Yeah, I saw it somewhere. Yeah, I don't know how um, truthful no, thank it is, you. but yeah, apparently he's been given a bit of a war chest to spend on Stuart. Um, but yeah, I think. If we brought somebody like Zhao in on a free and then, you know, you spend a couple million on Stewart, I'd be all for it. Because if he is injured, you know, you've got a half-decent striker there for backup. I wouldn't like Gale as his backup, in all honesty, from what I saw no. last year. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, he averages like a goal every two games. If you do that over a 46-game season, it's 20-plus. Um, I think last season he scored like 10 and 14. So, you know, he can score. It's just whether he can stay fit. And like I say, going back to the Sargic saga, it's kind of, if we're not buying him because of medical reasons, why would we then spend more on a striker who's injured? Yeah, absolutely fair point. And, and I guess Stuart would offer us something different um, over anyone else we've got, wouldn't he? You know, it, I wouldn't necessarily say he's an out-and-out out target man, but you know, obviously you've got Tyrese, he's more of a inside forward, if you want to use that term these days. Um, Jacob Brown, again, similar, can lead the line, but he's no real target man. And also he's not really prolific. Uh, he didn't have a great season last year. Uh, had a decent season, the one before, if I remember rightly. But uh, we haven't really got that type of a striker in the club, have we? And um, I definitely think we need that type of a player just to just to mix things up a little bit. And, you know, if we are going to be playing with a front three, then we need that focal point. And then we need the likes of Tyrese and Campbell, sorry, Tyrese and Brown on either side. Um, we need a focal point for me. That's It's going to keep breaking down in the middle if we don't. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think we've been very one-dimensional in terms of attacking. Absolutely. In the last few years, you know, teams, this is why we couldn't score. Teams knew what we were going to do. We did it and it didn't work. It was that simple. Um, I do think bringing someone like him in, if he stays fit, is a no-brainer. Um, but there is always that, you know, he, he's been injured quite a bit lately. And obviously, we're going to be waiting a few months before we can even see him play. So it's it's a risk. He could work out really well or he could work out really bad. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. To flip flipping of the coin into, I mean, without a crystal yeah. ball, you really don't know. Um, you know, knowing Stoke, we'll say no. He'll go and sign for somebody else in Middlesbrough, and then between January and May, go and score twenty goals. And yeah, like, oh, crap. definitely. Yeah, <laughs> you just know it. And I mean, it's one of them though as well. If we do walk away from the Ross Stewart deal, I mean, I, you mentioned Zhao. Is that the only other striker I've seen as linked with? Pretty much. I mean, we had that. Uh, is it Vidigal for the Portuguese? Uh, player, but I think he's been looked at as more of a, of a winger rather than an outright striker. But again, a completely different type of player. Yeah, Vidigal is more of a winger, I believe. Um, the only one I've said, I don't think there's been any actual links, but Kiefer Moore's been flowing around a few times. Um, for me, yeah. I think he should, I think he's the one to get in. Um, 
in terms of aerial presence, he he's if he comes to the championship, he's probably the best in the championship in terms of aerial. Um, he's not the best with his feet, but like I said, like you say, if you want to switch things up a bit, you need someone who can you know create things up top. Um, yeah, I think Kiefer Moore. I, I'd take Joe. If Stuart can stay fit, I'd take him, but you just don't know. We'll we'll see where that goes. I think Kiefer Moore, we've been talking about him off and on for the last few weeks. And um, I know somebody's posted on Twitter about he was uh, liking somebody's post at the club. Yeah, the physio. <laughs> the, the, the physio at the club. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. As uh, you, you never know with these things. He might be best mates from some other indirect link for all we know like in, we're, we're literally desperate for a striker aren't we like, like, yeah. like most most teams are yeah, um, Sherlock Holmes yeah it's, yeah it's absolutely Sherlock Holmes going on so like I say that's kind of the the main rumours from this week I mean again with what's that a couple of signings two or three different rumours um, I don't I can't say I've seen any other players any other names that you've seen linked during the week before we kind of move on to uh well, the the upcoming fixtures, I guess. No, I don't think so. Um, to be honest, with the with the signing of um, Rose, I think it's. I think we could see a few just coming out of the woodwork from nowhere. I mean, that one was linked and signed within two or three hours, I believe. Um, I think I went into a meeting at work where we were linked. I came out <laughs> and it was done. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I think now we're getting down to deadline day. Well, not deadline day, but you know, start of the season. I think we're going to see names flying everywhere and some random ones that we've not been linked with. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. Um, and uh, one final thing before we move on, Tom. Uh, so Dan, with his final piece of audio for the podcast, um, has given his thoughts on Ross Stewart. Uh, not quite what I expected, if I'm honest. Ross Stewart, I'm, you know what, lads? I'm not sure on this one. He's injured at the minute. He's not going to be back to October. He's probably not going to be fully fit till the new year. It's a lot of money for us to be putting out on somebody who we are going to be waiting off a season for. I don't think we're in a position at the minute where we can do that. As much as Alex Neal probably wants to be reunited with him after his time at Sunderland. And you know what the problems are the pros of the deal? He, he was banging him in for Alex Neal at Sunderland, so he probably knows how to get the best out of him. But... For me, like I say, too much money and a player we're going to be waiting for and hoping that they get fit. Plus, you know, that what we're judging him on at championship level is about, about a dozen games. And yeah, I think he already scored something like six in 12 games or something like that last season. So yeah, he did have a good record in the championship, but is that a purple patch or is that standard for him? We don't know that, do we? It's too small sample size. For me, right now, I'm going to have to pass on Ross Stewart. So, Tom, Dan would want to pass on Ross Stewart. Uh, Like I said, I'm surprised. I I thought that he would have been his type of player, but um, he's speaking a bit of sense there. I think we've kind of of mentioned exactly what he said there, haven't we, to be honest? Yeah, I think... I think he has been sensible there. Um, I think it's more the wishful thinking that kind of makes me think, oh, it could work out. But yeah, if if you're going to think logically, it's it's going to be a no because, like I say, the injury record, he can't stay fit, and it is it's a big chunk of money if it goes wrong. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Okay, well, um, an honourable mention uh, that's come out today. So, Sully Moores are delighted to announce the loan signing of Tommy Simpkin. Uh, Tommy Simpkin has actually signed um, a new deal with Stoke before going out on loan today. So, you know, we talk about young goalkeepers. We talked about Simpkin and Blondie and stuff over the last few weeks. Um, good luck to, to Tommy. I think he's been very, very highly thought of. Um, meant to be the next big thing so um, yeah good, good luck to Tommy hopefully you know this this kind of works out really really well for him and that kind of leaves us just to kind of finish up on the uh, the upcoming uh, friendly fixtures that uh, are coming so we've got Derby County and Burton um, are you going to either one of those Tom or? I won't unfortunately no um, wish I could but yeah too busy at the minute <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not even in the country, so I certainly won't be going. Unless I can find some dodgy stream, I might try and watch it uh, if I'm not doing something else. I might be you know, upside down on a roller coaster at that time of the day, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, what do what, you kind of want to see from these two games, though? I mean, when, when I think about it myself, you know, we've just signed a few players. We need to start getting players embedded. I think, yeah, fitness is obviously one thing that the manager's going to want to see, but... I think the time to stop rotating these young players has arrived now. We need to try and nail down as close to a starting eleven as we can. Um, we need to get some continuity going with the new faces coming in, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I completely agree. I think I'd like to see the new signings getting involved. Um, I do think he's slowly building the first team into playing full matches. I think the Notts County was one half and then I think it was Levante 60 minutes maybe. Um, so I think he's slowly building them into it. Um, but yeah, I think he just needs to get these new players on now, get that system working. I would like to see what kind of system we're going to be playing with, to be honest, because it's up in the air at the minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, hopefully we can start seeing some good stuff of, what, of what's to come. Well, uh, I'll say, looking forward to it. We'll keep a, a close eye on that. We'll definitely let you know um, when we have a, a report about Simpkin. You know, we do, obviously, we do speak to several clubs, so we'll let you know when we've got that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much uh, rounds up this week's uh, podcast. So thank you to yourself, Tom. Uh, thanks to, to Dan and, of course, Glenn from uh, from Coventry for, for their audios. Um, a uh, as I said, a shorter pod this week, but um, I know that you're going to be. I, don't, I assume you're going to be back next week with, with Dan, or else he's going to be speaking to himself, maybe Tom. <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. Look at that! You've gone from being the, uh, our Mister Graphics to being a Mister Stato and being a regular voice on the pod as well. It's not bad, eh? <laughs> Instant promotions. You are, mate. Well, you've you also been promoted to Facebook admin today, so. <laughs> Yeah. It's all go this week on at Stoke City, isn't it? Yeah, the, I feel the power. <laughs> Love it. Well, mate, have a great evening. Um, and yeah, I'll speak to you when I get back. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.